so conflict is this node in my mind that I've been thinking about for a few years now, uh, particularly sparked by getting into my relationship with Molly in the last few years in 2017 and, you know, experiencing this partnership that I actually want to stay in and work on. And so when we started to have conflicts, which happens in any relationship, it's actually important to have conflict because conflict is a resetting of boundaries or expectations. And as you grow and develop as people, as individuals, which is like a marker of success in relationships is to be able to individually grow and then accept the growing of the other person that you're, uh, when you're, you're going through that growth, you're going to go through those conflicts of resetting boundaries and expectations. And so the challenge I think a lot of people have with conflict is not necessarily with conflict. It's actually with drama and drama, I think occurs when you set an expectation or a boundary, and then you're not able or willing to reinforce that expectation or boundary. And so when you don't do that, you allow drama to just continuously occur. And that just kind of goes back and forth and you're just fighting for the sake of fighting and you're not actually uh, respecting each other or setting a boundary or expectation. So I want to talk about that a little bit in more detail on this episode because I think it's important. It's right around, it's literally the day after Valentine's Day that I'm recording this. And so, you know, it's like, hey, you went on maybe a date yesterday, you got a date, now you're getting into a relationship. <laughs> or maybe you have a fairly new relationship and you're trying to figure this out. I know for me as an INTP in the Myers-Briggs system, <clears throat> as an INTP personality type, I think uh, understanding conflict on like an intellectual level can really help to maybe start to understand some of the details and nuances of how to like pull back and reapproach conflict, especially if you're conflict avoidant or very abrupt and dismissive <clears throat> in an introverted thinking kind of way. That can also be um, something that ruptures the positive conflict needed in a relationship. So uh, if you're interested as an INTP personality type in learning more about developing your relationship, uh, we have a course on happychemicals.org or dopamine.teachable.com called Finding and Maintaining Relationships for INTPs. I'm going to talk more about that at the end of this episode, but if that's something you're curious about, you can go check that out now. Uh, But without further ado, let's hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. So as I said, we, you know, we've had conflicts in our relationship and I think that's important to have conflict uh, and to learn how to have conflict. And not only is it a challenge from a personality standpoint, you know, you have different worldviews, maybe different ways of perceiving things depending on the configuration of your relationship, but then there's different ways of making decisions or what you want from a partner. And I think most, much of the time, I think what's important about a relationship, if you're going to be playing a long-term game with a long-term person, that you're going to have to have these calibrative conversations regularly. And that means not only getting to know the other person in terms of their four-letter code, but getting to know 
what they respond to or what they're thinking or what they're feeling or what they want from you in a certain context or situation, or maybe understand within yourself how maybe you're trying to push a certain feeling or style of relationship or behavior onto another, onto the other person without realizing it and not adapting to each other. And that's where the conflict arises, right? Sometimes that is personality related when it's like, I would prefer that you just listen to what I'm saying versus like, I would rather you respond to what I'm saying. You're, you know, there's going to be different types of responses needed in different emotional distressful situations. Or if you were an INTP and you have a lot of thoughts and things you want to share, it can be very um, uh, jarring and challenging. And you may not even be aware of your own emotional needs as an INTP and how to express those needs, especially that's why I talk about on this podcast and on the YouTube channel uh, about INTPs need for validation, because that's something that gets very much missed for INTPs using introverted thinking is that it's very much a form of intellectual uh, seeking of validation. Like I have these ideas, I have these thoughts. And while it's not necessarily that you need to agree with me, I just want to know that I'm understood or that I can be heard or that someone can really, um, that I'm, that I'm not going crazy because as you start to develop as an introverted thinking person, you start to doubt yourself more. It's like, well, am I being biased in this way? Am I being biased in that way? And then if you finally are able to ask another person about how they feel about this or what they think about this and they say like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's validating, that calms the nervous system and you're able to relax. And so in relationships, you know, there are all sorts of tropes that different personality types have stereotypes around. And for an INTP, that can be robotic, that can be being cold, <clears throat> that can be being uh, being seen as um, emotionally stunted, even by the INTP themselves. And so that's why this podcast episode exists, because when... I was first going through conflict with Molly. The first thing that I realized that I, that was a changer for me was that I actually wanted to go through this conflict. I wanted to understand why we were having a disparity. And I think that's an important first step is like realizing that if you're, are you having conflict for the sake of drama? Are you having conflict for the sake of being seen or heard? Are you just wanting to be around this person, but not necessarily go in depth with this person. And in a lot of ways that can perpetuate drama, but I don't necessarily want to have continual, I don't want to have continual conflict. I want to have conflict when it's necessary. And uh, I think that's a distinction between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship is accepting that conflict is a, you know, an, a path, uh, an obstacle that you're going to come across in in its actuality like that's just going to happen you are two different people with different lives different perceptions different things that you bring to the table and you're both trying to nurture what we call the third entity in the relationship which is you know you you two as individuals and then you have the third entity in the relationship that also needs nurturing that's the bond together that's the way that you interact together the way you live together and and be together so that's super important, I think, to be aware of those different types of conflict and whether or not you actually want to continue to, you know, resolve a conflict, because sometimes it's it, you can't make the other person understand 
uh, or, or develop a maturity to want to be able to go through conflict. Right. And sometimes even like trying to say that literally can be not great for the conflict itself. Right. It, it's, it's not about trying to push your view or trying to push uh, your stuff. Cause that, I mean, that's what conflict is, right? Like I want this and I want this and you know, conflict ensues and those things you know, they brush up against each other. Not, they're not in simpatico. You know, it's one thing if you're like, I want oranges. And the other person's like, I also want oranges. And you're like, we're best friends. And then, you know, and then you live a happy life. That's just not always how it's going to work. You're going to come across a crossroads where someone's like, I love asparagus and I want asparagus for dinner. And I'm like, I think asparagus smells like pee and makes your pee smell weird like asparagus. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't think it actually smells like meat, but I don't like asparagus. Right. And so that's just like a much more innocent conflict, but that in itself comes a compromise that if the one person who likes asparagus is going to eat asparagus, then they can put that on their plate or that they can make it themselves or that they can make it for themselves at some other time. Whereas the person who won't like doesn't like asparagus, that's not something they can really compromise on necessarily. Where it's the person who likes the asparagus can maybe do without it or compromise. Whereas the person who doesn't like asparagus, you can't make yourself like asparagus. You just can't. Uh, it's just your taste buds are your taste buds. They may evolve and change over time in certain ways, but in others they simply don't. So there's that conflict that needs to be resolved, right? So the person who doesn't like the asparagus needs to say that they need to set the expectation or the boundary of like, I don't like asparagus, so I'm not going to eat asparagus. And I would appreciate if we don't make asparagus in our dinner, or at least not make it the main part of the dish, because then I won't want to eat it. And then maybe I'll get resentful and I won't really appreciate that and you know stuff like that right so you're kind of defining what the expectations are and what the boundary is and that's usually again the conflict starts with that two wants that sort of conflict against each other they they conflict with each other and you're needing to find resolution for either some sort of compromise or some sort of um uh, some way to secede, right? Some way to either, either separate compromise or find some way to, um, I wouldn't necessarily say sacrifice because there are circumstances where maybe you can just like let something go. Right. In the case of the asparagus, it's like, okay, I, I can live without asparagus. Like it's the person who likes it. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it that much. And then they can compromise. Right. Or they can just, you know, pull back and not worry about it. Right. So I think that's important to have those conflicts. Now, obviously there's much more, um, there are much more serious topics out there that, you know, you, you kind of work through and deal with as a, as a couple or as a, even just like a boss coworker or parent child or, cousin, whatever kind of relationships you have in your life, there are all sorts of conflicts that occur. And obviously there's all sorts of fighting on the internet all the time because I want this and I want this. And you know what the other person wants completely conflicts with what I want. Right. And so it's hard to find compromise when there's no sense of intimacy between the two people that are fighting on the internet. Right. But if you have a desire to work with each other and support each other, 
and want to grow with each other and want to spend time with each other, then that's the measure of whether or not you're willing to make compromises or uh, to honor the other person's expectations or boundaries, right? And so I think one thing needs to occur first and foremost, and usually most of the time, I'm not saying it in every circumstance, but I think much of the time there is an accuser and the accused, or there's like a victim and an oppressor. And I'm not saying like in a, a victim in terms of drama or uh, making yourself a victim or anything like that, but that let's say you are walking down the street and you bump someone's shoulder, right? It's whether it's, it's usually it's, it can be obvious that there's like, it was one person that wasn't looking or, you know, there's some sort of uh, notion that like one person was the person who did the major hit and the other person took the hit. Right. And I think much of the time it, it can be obvious which one is which now it's not always easy. You know, some conflicts are not a, a lot of conflicts can live around this place of like trying to decide who is the one that started the thing, right? <laughs> like uh, you started it, you said this, you did that, right? And I think the only way that that aspect can be resolved is if there is some sort of ownership on your part, right? Whether it's like, I feel this way and therefore I, I you know, it felt like because this happened, I feel this way or because, <clears throat> or because, um, something happened that, you know, I'm acknowledging that you feel a certain way. And so I think acknowledgement, maybe not necessarily those roles, but I think acknowledgement of what each other wants or what happened or, you know, the situation needs to occur, right? Otherwise conflict gets outsourced because that energy stays in the body typically, and you got to do something with it. And so you may have like a run in with somebody at uh, a stoplight and they cut you off and you're not able to have a resolution with that person because <clears throat> it's just such a quick exchange and you're not able to like wave at each other or say sorry, or someone beeps at you or you beep at them. And then you take that energy of that conflict that's unresolved and then you bring that to work and you bring that energy with you and that energy gets slowly dispersed or put onto one person or dispersed amongst a bunch of people because you're trying to find the other party to equalize what happened. Meaning that if you're feeling like the victim of a situation, you're going to look for an oppressor to try to blame or try to put your energy on or try to get some sort of apology from. And so that may mean that you end up creating conflict <laughs> with someone else and becoming the oppressor to them. And then they don't take on that role of being the victim uh, or they take on that role of being the victim and you feel somewhat resolved, but then they don't necessarily feel resolved. Um, if that makes sense, I think it's a little jumbled, but I think you're, you're getting a sense of what I'm trying to say here. And so, um, you know, conflict is, is, is complicated because it, tends to form in a couple different ways. And, and I personally think it forms in four main categories, which is unconscious physical, conscious physical, unconscious emotional, and conscious emotional. 
And so if you've got unconscious physical, that's like walking, you know, bumping into someone on the street by accident, like bumping shoulders. Then you've got conscious physical, which is like, I don't like you. I want to hurt you. I don't want you to exist. Right. Uh, or some sort of retribution or vengeance or wanting to hurt the person because they did something to you or just because you don't like them or some bigotry or whatever reason, there's some sort of you're making a choice that you want to harm this person. Unconscious emotional usually stems from some sort of unconscious trauma, or in the case that I just mentioned, where you are unconsciously bringing the emotional energy from a unresolved conflict to the next conflict. That's usually an unconscious emotional conflict. And then you've got conscious emotional, which is usually someone who is being more consciously manipulative in order to uh, to gain resource or to gain uh, some sort of energy around them. They want to have certain people in their lives or they're trying to feel important or try to gain some sort of value. So that could be um, manipulation of resources or trying to, I don't know, trick someone into staying into a relationship, right? And so I think that's why this is so important to think about conflict because if you're with a person who is not willing to work through conflict, who is not willing to own certain things or not willing to listen to you and listen to your side of the want, right? Much of the time, many conflicts do not, don't get past a certain stage because there is not a willingness to really listen to what the other person wants without judgment or bias or without interjecting and saying like, well, my thing's more important, right? And I think as an INTP, if you're listening in the Myers-Briggs system, uh, you have more of an opportunity to take an unbiased approach to listen to what the other person wants and to propose a compromise. And But also understand that if you're with a partner who is not also an INTP, they may have things that they want that may not necessarily make sense to you, but it's important to honor what the feeling is that's coming from them and what they want. So that's part of the compromise, right? Is like sometimes you may have to sacrifice a certain way of thinking in order to understand a different kind of thinking. And usually that's where a lot of conflicts come into play is two different styles of perceiving the world or making decisions about the world. And so if you're not fully understanding each other or you're not um, able to really understand what the other person is saying, that's like a major part of the battle onto itself, right? So one of the first conflicts that Molly and I had, I had a hard time. Like I, I had this, I had this mindset for some reason that apologizing was like a sign of weakness. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from, but it felt like a version of lending my power to someone. And so it wasn't that I didn't want to own anything that I did or anything like that, but there was something about apologizing that something I picked up. I don't know where, maybe it was from some sort of advice somewhere on the internet. And it was just something that I did. Um, and so in this case where there's this person that I care deeply about is, is sort of, there's this looming energy of wanting some sort of resolution or apology. I think it became something where I had to let go of my own stubbornness and work through the process in my mind of like, why, 
why is she needing an apology in the first place? Why would I need an apology in any certain situation? And I think, I think apologies serve the purpose of not only acknowledging, but making a promise, right? So you've got, again, the acknowledgement of these roles that I'm talking about. Then you've got the sort of acknowledgement of each other's wants. And then you've got this resolution, which usually involves an apology and then some sort of a promise, like, I won't do that again, or I won't say that again, or, um, uh, or making some sort of agreement, right? And that's what I mean when I'm saying setting an expectation or a boundary, because that's the point of the conflict or why the conflict is occurring in the first place, because you want something, the other person wants something, but there's a boundary in the way between the two people being able to agree or to be able to move forward. So the boundary needs to be kind of reconfigured. And once that boundary is reconfigured via the apology and the promise, it's now up to both parties to make sure that you re reinforce those expectations and boundaries. And so, like I said, in the beginning, if you're not reinforcing those expectations or those boundaries, then that becomes a situation where you're not working through conflict and you're not giving each other love and care, but you're kind of just living in dependent drama. And uh, that becomes a whole other thing altogether. So, you know, when it comes to like personality related stuff, when it comes to conflict, I think it is important to consider that if you're with a partner that is of a different personality type than you, whether that's something you know in terms of the four letters or something that you can literally experience in terms of behavioral differences or ways that you say things may be different. Um, you don't necessarily need to have the, the framework to pull from to recognize that. It, it's going to be extra important for you to take the time to be patient, sit down. Um, but there may also be situations where you may be feeling like you're trying to grow and you're trying to be patient and you're trying to readjust boundaries. Maybe you're willing to budge a little bit, but they are not willing to budge at all, or they're not willing to acknowledge your wants, or they're just living in perpetual conflict or, and drama rather. Then those may be signs to consider moving on or completing the relationship. And so I talk about that in more detail in what's called finding and maintaining relationships for INTPs. So if you are an INTP listening on our website at happychemicals.org, we have a course called finding and maintaining relationships for INTPs that Molly and I did together. She's an ENFP in the Myers-Briggs system. She's also an Enneagram 4. And we talk about some of the challenges we've had in our relationship. And we talk about how um, I as an INTP have learned to uh, improve and grow. And it's funny because I remember even while recording that we had something we had to work through in the process of that too. Right. And so it's not just romantic relationships necessarily. It's like working with people and having to make decision compromises or, um, perceptual alignments. Right. And it's a whole thing. It's a whole challenge. So it takes a lot of work. And so that's why I'm recommending this course, finding and maintaining relationships for INTPs. So, um, Another thing also is I will put a, a link in the description for a course that my friends at Personality Hacker just launched, uh, a program that they just launched called Couples Mapping. And so if you're wanting more specific uh, 
Myers-Briggs related content, personality related stuff that is sort of looking at the cognitive functions and how you can interact with each other based on those cognitive functions in specificity, that's a much more interesting place to go. And I'll provide a link, uh, an affiliate link in the comments below, uh, in the description below for you to go check that out as well. So leave a comment. Let me know what you think of this, if it all makes sense, if there's something you have a question about, or if you're just curious about something that this podcast episode has sparked. Uh, this is something I've been thinking about for a long time. I have another episode on the YouTube channel called the Conflict Ladder, where it's kind of a, a method of trying to organize all of this content in something that makes sense in terms of a framework. Like the main idea being that when you get into conflict, you sort of both get plunged into this like lower level of functioning. You get plunged into this place of like, you can't, it's difficult to operate normally. You're kind of living in a perpetual lower energy field, a lower vibrational energy. And climbing back up the ladder is how you get back into a higher vibrational energy and how you get into equilibrium and simpatico with each other. And that climbing up the ladder, like I said, involves uh, the acknowledgement of the roles that are being played in this conflict, like who sparked the conflict versus who is responding to the conflict, and then acknowledging each other's wants, and then figuring out the resolution and apology um, part of it will is like climbing up the ladder, right? So once you climb up, you climb out, you're able to get to a uh, a higher vibrational energy and kind of release some tension and get back to some sort of equilibrium. And as you get better at this in your relationship, you don't run away from conflict. You know, conflict is important. Conflict is not something to avoid. Avoiding is another form of, of drama, right? And you're just, you're just outsourcing that energy into some, to somewhere else. It's like littering. When you think about littering as like, if you throw a can of soda out a window in your mind, it's like out of your mind. You're like, ah, oh, I don't have to worry about it anymore, but that's still, it's, it's not like it magically disappeared. It's material that goes out into the world. It just moves into another place. Right. And all energy moves. So like I mentioned with the conflict where you're getting, um, uh, you're in the car and you get pulled you get pulled over or you get like a, what's the word cut off. And then you bring that energy to work. The energy still lives and it moves and it's desiring to move somewhere else. Right. And so working through conflict is important because then you can kind of co-regulate and be able to move forward and have a happy, healthy relationship. So yeah, let me know if all this made sense. I appreciate you so very much, much love to you and your partner or friends or coworkers or anyone else that you're connected to. Hopefully this is helpful and, um, that's it. So I will catch you next time on dopamine. I have been Christian Rivera, AKA C note. And I'll talk to you later. See ya. So this is a reminder that I'm going to probably start putting at the end of every show to let you know that this is just a show by a person that's just talking about what I think I know. And it's a lot of it is personal opinion or interpretations of ideas. And I personally am not going to attach or take any pers uh, personal responsibility for how you 
carry this information forward into your life. It is ultimately your responsibility to continue to research, to filter, to figure out what's true for you, to figure out how the world works on your own terms. From your perspective, I can only talk about my perspective. I can only talk about what I know or what I think I know. So do your best and don't take anything that I say as gospel. I hope that you can take whatever I'm sharing with you as something that you can go out into the world and experiment with. And um, I, I do hope that whatever sticks with you means a lot and does some good for you. Um, if not, do something else. <laughs> All right. This has been a C-Note Media, C-Note Studio, C-Note.Studio podcast. I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.